0: If you are a business owner, brand, company, or anyone selling a product and you want to advertise on this podcast, email the show directly at onairwithjt at gmail.com. We are offering extremely low rates for a limited time. Once again, email the show at onairwithjt at gmail.com. Listen to On Air with JT on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Go to onairwithjt.com. On air with JT.
1: What's going on, everybody? JT here. I wanted to make a little compilation of some of the interviews that I've done uh, within, you know, just the one month that I've been uh, podcasting this year after my long hiatus. So I decided to uh, put together a lot of great moments and interviews that I've done so far within the last month. Um, as we're counting down towards the end of the year, and I hope you guys really enjoy it. Of course, you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. You can just go to onairwithjt.com. And again, if you are a business owner, uh, a company, a brand, someone with a service or product, and you and you want to advertise and promote it on this podcast and my social media platforms, email me at onearwithjt at gmail.com because the rates are going up four times what it is right now come January. So if you get in before the end of the year, you'll be grandfathered in and you will not have to pay the increase in our rates for advertising. So again, email me if you're interested, serious inquiries only, but we also do work with all budgets. So again, email me at onearwithjt at gmail.com and you could follow me on Instagram at JustinThomasInsta and yeah, onearwithjt onairwithjt.com uh, and on air with jt at gmail.com and i uh, hope you guys enjoy this and uh yeah uh let's uh have a great new year 2023 is going to be a great year for all of us so hope you guys enjoy this jt out how's it going everybody on air with jt i am here with the one and only mount joy a very talented band that i've uh, been a big fan for for almost five years now and uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to sit down with you and and a- actually ask you a few questions and uh, uh again, thank you so much. I really appreciate it for uh, me. so one of the first questions I have is, how many times have you performed in Boston, and what do you think about the
2: city?: Oh man. Um, I don't know exactly, but I'm gonna guess probably like five or six times at this point okay. Um And I mean I have a special You know Place in my heart For Boston I, I went to school here Northeastern um, And then You know I lived here For a year after that I uh, worked at a restaurant Called Trade I think it might still be here Okay um, I think so So yeah I you know I have some ties to Boston And it means a lot For me to come back I have some people who You know Going to school here inspired me to be doing what I'm doing. So it's always fun to get back here.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, and we're talking about that off camera as well. Um, So another question I have to ask you is... uh, Here we go. So I found about about you guys on a placement on, like I think, a TV show or something with Jenny Jenkins. And ever since then, I've been a huge fan. Um, So leading on to that, I have to ask you who are your main if you could list a couple of your main influences uh to help you get to the point where you are now or even just to, to going back to the early days of t- starting the band and, and trying to get
2: a sound you mean like musical influences I uh yes yeah um you know uh i think there's a lot like and i think one of the cool things about this band is that there's you know five of us all of us have slightly different influences and things that we grew up listening to. For me, I was um, into, you know, a lot of 60s and 70s folk music, like Paul Simon, um, Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell, um, then, like, soul stuff, like Staple Singers, and then, like, jam band stuff. I'm a big deadhead. I like the Grateful Dead. So, all these classic throwback stuff. Um, And then, you know, Jackie comes from a classical, classically trained pianist vibe and you know like you go across the board everyone comes from a slightly different place and i think it sort of hopefully gives us you know a unique sound in the end
1: that's awesome i really uh, appreciate the uh, the honesty on the different types of influences that you've had and, and how it's brought you to this day um another question dream collaboration if you could pick any artist band who 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 do you think would fit the best in terms of chemistry and in the creative process of, of making a, a really good song?
2: You know, I I don't know because I don't know some of these people's creative process yeah processes Sorry, I guess yeah, yeah uh, but in terms of just pie in the sky assuming it would work um and there's a few I mean uh, Frank Ocean is probably like everyone's He's dream collaborator there. but I'll just I just every recording he makes is so cool and i feel like yeah. it also still has a heart in it and a soul you know whereas like i feel like there's a lot of really cool sounding recordings and people making cool recordings that like maybe i can't feel the song and the song doesn't hit me as hard so mm. someone that i look up to for sure but then you know like grateful dead or something like that would be would be yeah. obviously uh, they're missing some key members but that would be cool yeah
1: definitely uh, so what was it like Performing on several Late night talk shows You know You performed on I believe Kimmel James Corden um, And I'm missing one more uh, Seth Meyers Okay uh, what, what was it like You know From starting a band And then now you're on National television You know Performing on these Late night talk shows
2: It's nerve wracking yeah, I'm I sure that much. Yeah, yeah I, I like, can only imagine uh, But it's fun You know I mean uh, It feels good to you know, I don't know. You grow up, even just living in a, in America. You're watching these shows and seeing those people. So then you do have kind of a moment when you're there. You're like, "Well, we're about to be on this show," mm. um, which is cool. But the day um, to describe it is like it's pretty rough. Like you're you're there in the morning, and then as the band, you sound check. Um, and then like you know in football they have like icing the kicker you definitely get iced pretty hard so you sound check at like maybe like 10 Mm a.m and then they're like all right sounds good we're ready for you to go yeah then you go at like four or five p.m so you're just waiting waiting and waiting and you know i think that's when the nerves kick in the most is when you're like waiting to do a thing yeah so definitely for us it's a a little nerve-wracking but it's definitely cool and rewarding
1: yeah i can only imagine uh So what was the creative process, if you can just explain, you don't have to get into it that much, but of making, you know, the newest album, Orange Blood?
2: Yeah, so it was made, uh, or at least a lot of it was made during the pandemic. Um, So Sam and I were um, fortunate that we were able to rent uh, on this woman's property not far from where we live outside of uh, the Philadelphia area, I guess. Mm. Um, Got like a little barn on her property and, she, and we would just show up there every day and had a whiteboard or we working through songs. And, uh, once we felt like we, um, you know, ready to record it, we got our, our producer, Caleb Nelson, who just did an amazing job and he, he flew out and recorded some of it actually in the barn. Um, some of it was recorded in Los Angeles and then some of it was recorded at a couple of studios in Philadelphia as well. So it was yeah. really just a, you know, it was a bit tricky because, moving around at least for parts of it during the pandemic as everyone knows was tricky flying was tricky Mm. um and stuff like that but um yeah a lot of it was made just uh or at least born out of uh, working on some stuff in in a barn in pennsylvania
1: and, and that leads me to the next uh, question. So you had the opportunity to go on a tour with the Luminaires. Obviously, it was kind of cut short with COVID and everything. What was it like working with uh, someone so talented, you know, talented band like the Luminaires? Like, what was that like? Was it like surreal or was it like...
2: It was definitely surreal. Uh, I think um, they were great. Uh, definitely learned a lot from them, uh, watching them play basketball and hockey arenas i mm-hmm. think that for me i'm a big sports fan yeah me so too. <laughs> that was like a pretty surreal aspect of it you yeah. know you're like showing up and throwing your bags down in like a visitor's locker room of like you know the garden or something like that we didn't yeah. play the garden yeah. someone wants to fact check me but we uh <laughs> no we played a lot of big teams that i've watched arenas and you kind of step out on the stage and you know you definitely learn something from a, a group that does that every night Mm. Um, and and it's it's fun to watch and they were kind to us and it was a good time
1: that's awesome so uh, probably one of the last questions I have I usually do this with all the uh, musicians that I have the opportunity to interview so I have a a few songs that are my favorite and I want to know what you think is the best song or what you you prefer to perform or or whatever like that mm-hmm. so i i love sheep i love julia i love mount joy i love astro van every holiday rearrange us and obviously jenny jenkins
2: okay i know it's a lot <laughs> okay well thank you yeah. first of all that's awesome uh so my favorite one to perform out of those um it's tough but i do i do really like to perform Astro Band. i feel like it's just this song that for me came out of like a joke in my in my bedroom in los angeles like you know at the very beginning of this band and to see what it's become and hear people singing it back and um it always feels pretty special but then in terms of like like songs i don't know that i'm more proud of from a songwriting standpoint or something i occasionally like when i hear every holiday um i think that's a song. I'm, Really proud of from like a songwriting standpoint. It's a great song, um, and just captures like you know a specific moment in time for me as well. So yeah, and, awesome. and shout out to Adam Melcher as well because he helped write that song. So proud oh, of wow. him.
1: I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last question. So anything you want to plug? Uh, I know you still are you're on tour. Um, you know, obviously get his get Mount Joy's newest album, uh, Orange Blood. Uh, anything anything else yeah i don't
2: know we're on tour we have uh two weeks left on this run i think there are a few tickets available at some of the shows so check that out and um yeah check out our new album orange blood we uh it's going pretty great sold out tonight in boston and okay. yeah we're, we're super excited
1: that's awesome thank yeah. you so much i really appreciate it hey thank you man appreciate yeah, you You're the best man i Thanks. appreciate it you're listening to on air with jt and we are here with mount joy Thank you so awesome. much, man. Hey, I appreciate, man. appreciate it. You. I was a little nervous. Dude, <laughs> I haven't it. done an interview in over a year. I took oh. a break from my podcast, and this is the first interview that I've you're done. You're back, yeah. dude. You're back with vengeance. <laughs> uh, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to On Air with JT. We have an exclusive interview with the one and only, the legendary rapper, Cassidy. Cassidy, what's going on, brother?
3: How you doing? How you doing, bro? How you feeling?
1: I'm great, man. I appreciate you coming on the show, man. You're an absolute legend, bro. For, in my eyes, man, it's, you're... It's, it's crazy, man, because you are so fucking underrated. Like people don't, people give you your respect and your flowers, but they don't give you your flowers as much as they should. And it's fucking, it makes me so upset as like a longtime fan, man. Like I told you before, we just went on. Like I bought your album when I was nine years old. Like obviously, my mom, my mom got me it, but <laughs> shout out to my mom. Um, nah, thanks I, for buying my album, man.
3: I appreciate the support, man. Of
1: course, I've, I've, you know? I've been supporting you over the years, man.
3: And um, whether people give me the respect I deserve is only a perspective. You know what I mean? It's a mm-hmm. lot of people in the world, so it depends on where you're looking at. Like I'm not, I don't, I don't got the backing, but bo- like from one of these major machines. And I'm not like a young chicken just out there, new and starting and getting all of the push. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like right in front of everybody's face. But I got a core audience, people that's been supporting me forever. And, you know, they be excited and they show me the respect and they they give me my just due. So it just all depends on who you accent, how old they is, was they around to be able to experience like when I first was coming around? Because that's important, too. Yeah, of course. Even though you said you bought it when you was nine, you probably was into music early. And, you know, you was able to experience what it felt like then. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it made an impression on you to make you a fan still. And when you listen to me, you know what I did then. So for me to be able to do what I'm doing now, it's impressive to you. But, you know, to to a younger fan that was born after that, that might just go on one of them platforms and just hear one of my top songs, even though it might be one of my pl- top played songs, it might not be a good representation of how lyrical I am or what I brought to the table.
1: That's very so true.
3: So a lot of times there would be a lack of information and people be confused. Yeah. And I'm even guilty of that. There's a lot of big artists in the world that's even doing more numbers than me and like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, even bigger than I am. But I never heard any of these songs. And you might go on the platform and they got, 100 million views or something like that. So obviously there's a bunch of people in the world that have seen it. And, you know what I mean, they got a lot of fans and they streaming a lot and all that. But I just never heard none of these songs. I'm not aware of how they look or who they are. So it just depends on what you like, what you went to, yeah. and the information you got.
1: Definitely. I couldn't have said it any better. Does it, does it kind of like, I don't want to say like annoy you, but does it like, when you see like people that are like, not lyrically talented at all but they fucking they're making it they're making you know a lot of money touring you know they're selling merch whatever and you, do do you like sit back and look and like be like like come, like how, what's going on like how, like the music industry has changed so much since you started and when you were like obviously like on you know making billboard hits like obviously you're still capable you're still very capable of doing that but what, what I'm trying to say is when you see like artists that are not talented at all, and I'm not going to say names or anything, but does, mm. this, does it make you feel like some type of way and like, or are you just like not even bothered by it at all?
3: Um, I feel like it's categories with making dope music. Yeah. And, um, depending on the time you came up, but determine like what you would be interested in or what you think would be a possible chance of you getting some type of success <laughs> so yeah. when i was coming up it was all about lyrics. so most artists wasn't bringing other things to the table because they knew that and they felt like if i had lyrics or bars i would be more successful okay but um it's like times change um different beats per minute different type of tempos different flows you know then came through and now people are interested in a different type of music you mm-hmm. know what i mean that might not just be all the way lyrical you know what i mean and um but some of these dudes that might not be lyrical might be good at a lot of other things like you know actually knowing um they tone of voice and how to get on certain beats and what tone to use that's perfect for that beat yeah like some artists is great at that great at that some artists is great great at um, knowing how to adjust their flow so whether it's like boom, bat trap, drill like a lot of artists know how to adjust their flow and ride any rhythm okay. and it could be certain lyrical artists that's super dope and been lyrical ever since you heard them yeah. but they can only ride a certain beat per minute you only would hear them on a certain type of beat if it was like different type of beats or drill beats or something they wouldn't be able to put them lyrics to that beat per minute yeah so some definitely. artists that's not lyrical as is, is dope at that some of them dope at creating melodies and um some of them be catchy melodies like nursery rhymes almost like where it's stuck in your head uh-huh. so it might not be lyrics it might not be pieced up the syllables might not be connecting but the melody is yeah. crazy it's the catchy melodic. anyway yep. even though it's not even though it's not good lyrically you still find yourself singing it or liking it if you hear it enough times because the melody is so good.
1: Yeah, so good point.
3: They might not be good at lyrics, but they might be good at so much other things. And like back in the day, we used to have artist development. So you could see like an artist that might be good at a lot of things, but might be missing some things. And you, you, you develop them, like you teach them how to do the things that's missing. But now with this technology and the way things going, there's not too much artist development, so artists just go on with what they can do naturally, and that's why you finding that it's not um, um, lyrics like it used to be. And plus, the business found is is easier to push this type of wave of artists without lyrics. But the game going three sixties, so. Um, it's been a time back in the day when there was artists out like MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice and dudes like that. Yeah. That was like, you know what I mean, street dudes. People thought cause they was like dancing and doing stuff that, you know what I mean? They wasn't really in the street or something, but MC Hammer was in the street and all that. But he had these big records back in the day. And it wasn't really lyrical. It wasn't like street like people was used to and all of that. But it was killing the charts and then it's like it was only a matter of time before they started signing people like big and Pac start going crazy and then they yeah. signing like the young pun and the wu-tang clan and mm-hmm. like you know what i'm saying it was crazy and, and mob deep and all of these artists are just going crazy so it just switched the feel, mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's like only gonna be a matter of time before you had enough of you know songs years and years of songs to dance to party to. Feel good too. You got a bunch of melodies. You got a bunch of vibes. But what it sound different and what it would be missing is if somebody came with bars. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. But not like old songs because kids don't like to the reminisce. Mm-hmm. They want something new with new slang and the way they and and new shit that's going on. But with bars. Yeah. So, so you make bring it that to too. the table. Yeah. You bring that to the table, and I feel like they're gonna. It's gonna be. A big fan base that's gonna love that, support yeah. that the same way they supporting the other types of music. And I just read that um, it, I read when I was younger they used to say it was like six billion people in the world, but now I just read that the number went up. Now it's like eight billion people in the world. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing because everybody don't gotta like the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So some people could like rappers because they got a certain voice. Or a certain look or a certain image or a certain history Mm -hmm. and some people could like rappers because they super lyrical and they stick to the science but you know it's something for everybody now and now with this technology you got access to get on demand music you don't got to just listen to the radio and hope they play what you want to hear now you could just keep clicking on it so yeah that's
1: I agree. I just feel like the downside of with the internet and then with the rap, with the rap game right now, it just it's so oversaturated. You just have everyone thinks that they can become a rapper. You know, obviously, you For know sure. there are so many talented people that are young and everything, but not everybody can be a rapper. You know, it takes certain skill. You know, it takes certain you know dedication. You know, obviously, no one's going to be like
3: amazing. It comes from a lot of people being underprivileged. Yeah, I agree. My opportunities to be able to eat. Yeah. and they push this out there like this is the easiest thing to do to get to a bag it's like that like right sports. now it's not lyrical dudes like me like back when i was on that's the reason why um it was hard for me to like stay lit lit for a long period of time because if you got a rapper like me that could still make hits and make records that people like but then be super super lyrical it's like uh, the average person felt like they can't even do 10% of that lyrically. Like, you know what I'm saying? like yeah. the, the one that would be able to write and then be able to spit for 11 minutes straight, 15 minutes straight, and just keep going and rapping and rapping forever. is like, it's so much work and it's just so hard to do. And just to be able to think of that, it seemed impossible. So at those times, it made people, not as much people want to rap. But if you just hear like a dude with a little melody, he ain't really saying nothing. And he just riding the beat anyway, and you keep hearing these type of records winning over and over again. Then they come out with auto tune and melodon to where you don't even gotta really know how to sing to actually sing a melody in the record now. It just gives people the opportunity to feel like, yo, I could do it too. He did it, I could do it, I could do it. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and before T Pink, I feel like T-Pink kind of everybody. Awesome. Everybody wanted to rap back in the day. They just didn't claim they was rappers. Everybody had a rap. Everybody had a little rap they could say or some rap that they stole from somebody that nobody else don't know about. Mm-hmm. So everybody used to rap even back in the day. It just was hard to get it out. Like even to get in the studio was expensive and difficult back in the day. And yeah. definitely to get distribution or to get it out so where anybody could hear it when they thought rap was a fluke was difficult. But now with this technology and now that rap is the biggest form of music in the world, um everybody trying to put their music out. And now we got YouTube, you got Spotify, you got all of these different platforms to where people could just upload. Mm -hmm. You got all this technology to where everybody got a studio right in their house or on their computer or on their phone or wherever they at. It's like, you know what I'm saying? So so it's it's just so
1: accessible.
3: Yeah, and that's the reason why it seemed like it's so many more rappers, but um, it's always been love like that from the people that was actually able to hear it. It's just everybody in the world ain't hear it yet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now it's more people able to hear it. So definitely it's just a larger amount of people just trying to rap now because it's growing. Yeah. And that's a good thing. And it's like... um a bad thing I guess if you just listen to the radio or what's pushed in your face but if you know what type of music you like and you like listening the lyrics and you keep clicking on that then <clears throat> on all of your platforms I guarantee that a bunch of people that really rap and got lyrics gonna keep popping up because they know that's what you interested in that's that's the algorithms that's how the game go
1: definitely was was there an artist when you when you were younger that when you like heard them like that really inspired you to make music, or was it just kind of something that you kind of just decided well, you were gonna was, do?
3: When I was young, um my mom was um close friends with the music coordinator for the stylistics. That's like a legendary singing group. Okay. So they took me um to like one of their shows on a tour bus and I was able to see them perform in front of a large amount of people and just be around actual stars that's getting super love. And I was dumb young. So that was the first like um, sign of me wanting to be lit, wanting to be a star, wanting to demand that type of energy. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. so that's what got me. That's that was awesome. like my first inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a lot more. You know what I'm saying? Another inspiration, rest in peace, was William Hart. He was one of my first managers. <clears throat> um he met me when i was a teenager he was the lead singer of the delphonics he recently passed away but he like a super writer wrote a bunch of crazy hits mm-hmm. and i uh, went through a lot of ups and downs in the business so he gave me a lot of jews um taught me a lot about the business and how to shake and move real early so he was a super inspiration and um a lot of big artists started the sample um a lot of his songs late in life, and he was able to like, and I mean, mm-hmm. not just live the songs once when he wrote it, but even live through it again when other young artists came up and did his songs over again. So that was dope. That's an amazing And one of the thing. examples is like "Ready or Not, Here I Come." You can't hide. Gonna find. The you Fuji like the then? Yeah, and it's that like they strange. use his record. So that's just one example so of. Was that Jerry Wonder? Records. He- no, his name was William Hart. He was the writer. Oh, I but see. yeah, Jerry Wonder, yeah, but Jerry Wonder and Clef and them did it over, and you know, um, Lauren sampled oh, the okay. lyrics from William Hart' original song.
1: Okay, I I didn't know that. that that's a good fact to know. Um, mm-hmm. so speaking of like, yeah, look
3: it up from the Delphonics. Look up that song from the Delphonics. I yeah, definitely the original will. Version.
1: I definitely will. (laughs) Now I have to. Um, So I don't know if, um, I I didn't talk about this on air, but um, I seen you perform in 2018 in Providence, Rhode Island. One of the, there was an artist that I was managing at the time. He like, he was one of the openers, Um, but it was, it was a lit show, man. You killed it. And I have on video, I'll never forget. I sent you it too. You, you, out of all people, I'm filming you. You were killing it, bro. And, you, you come, you're on stage and then you come over to me and you dap me up. I was like, it was like a crazy moment for me at the time. I was like, holy shit. Like one of my idols just dap me up out of all people. And I got it on camera. It was like a special moment. Like that, 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 that made my whole year, man. <laughs>
3: Something God, so little like started.
1: that. Something so little like that. It's that. all about energy. I yeah. felt
3: your vibration, man. Something <laughs> about you. I don't know. I can't remember it exactly, but I know you must've been, Showing love and vibrating a certain way, so I had to. I felt like I had to come show you love back.
1: I appreciate it, man. It, it definitely made an impact on my life, so I appreciate that. That small little moment, um, and then I just remember everybody was like chasing after you when you were trying to leave, uh, hopping the bends. It was, it was a crazy moment, but um, uh, you killed That's it. No. You killed it that show. Um, so do you, do you have any shows upcoming that you you have um, that you can promote or?
3: And it's it's amazing how our life story could just cross paths like at that show now again at the interview.
1: I know. You know what
3: I mean? It's just dope.
1: Yeah, especially like I said at the beginning, like how I like, it wasn't the first album that I bought, but it was like out of it was probably the, like that. It's definitely in the top ten of the first like albums that I ever like had in my life. So like it was definitely like a a big piece of my childhood. Like that that whole album like. I didn't just listen to, like, I'm a hustler. Like, I, like, I, like, listened to that whole album, like... Like so that, it definitely made an impact on my life. And like, it, it definitely, not obviously you again. Not, not only my life, but like obviously a lot of people's lives. It was, it was, a, it was even the, even the, the album covers of fucking classic, like something so simple like that. Like I, like I, I, I don't even have to like Google image it. Like I, I can just picture it in my head like that, that, that <laughs> it's just a classic, classic, classic design. But, um, yeah man, yeah is is there anything so are you in are you in the studio right now like working on new music or yes sir awesome uh is am there... working on a project
3: or barcoded
1: okay and when, when can when can your fans expect that
3: um i'm i'm wrapping it up right now okay mixing the mastering and mastering doing everything um i had an earlier date that i that i missed so i don't want to give a date right now okay but it's coming asap as soon as as soon as possible man okay awesome. ASAP. i can't wait to hear but it's the i feel like i'm excited about it i feel like it's the best project i ever put together like there's nothing but lyrics nothing but bars and hit records i got all different type of records and i feel like i'm a teenager again so I'm i'm super happy about this project
1: Man, you got me hyped up now. I can't wait.
3: For sure.
1: Better than split personality.
3: Yeah, for sure. Oof. For sure. And it feel like first album material from a from a dude like me that's been out so long. That seemed like that's literally impossible, but I feel like I pulled it off. So I'm excited.
1: Man, I'm excited for you, man. I, I can't wait to hear that. Um. So if if anyone wants to know where to follow you, uh what's your Instagram handle and do you have, do you have a Twitter as well?
3: Yes, yeah, it's Cassidy underscore larceny L A R S I N Y.
1: Okay. And if anyone wants to uh, book you or anything, is there an email address that people can contact your management or?
3: Yes, sir. Okay. Is a uh, shit at Gmail S H I T L I T T Y at Gmail.
1: Okay, perfect. Cassidy, yo, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man, showing love. Um, I really appreciate it. Again, uh, I really, really appreciate it. And keep it up, man. I'm going to keep supporting you till I die, bro.
3: Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for buying my album when you was a young boy, man. <laughs> you Thanks already for know. coming to see me at that concert. Thanks for the love and the support, man. And just hit me again when you want to do it again, man.
1: Definitely. When you when you come to Boston or uh, anywhere in, in New England, um, I'm definitely gonna be there, and I definitely wanna I wanna meet you if, in person, like finally.
3: <laughs> Without a question.
1: Uh, I appreciate it, bro. Have a good one.
3: All right, boy. Salute.
1: All right, appreciate it, G. On air with JT. What's going on, everybody? JT here. This is an exclusive interview with the drummer Cody Hansen of the talented band Hinder. Enjoy. What's going on everybody? You are listening to On Air with JT and I have an exclusive interview with the very talented drummer, uh, guitarist, uh, Cody Hansen, who famously was in the amazing band, uh, Hinder, who, which, which ironically, you know, was one of the bands that I, I, fell in love with as a kid, I was like nine years old. So I, I'm just so excited to have you on the phone, Cody. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I really do appreciate it. It's, a, it's a, kind of like a full circle moment. And I always talked to always, I talked about it on my podcast the other day, how it's so surreal, um, as I'm starting to grow with this podcast, and I'm starting to meet, you know, some of my idols and people that like had such an influence and impact on my life in childhood. You know, it's a it's a very surreal uh, kind of feeling and moment. So again, I really appreciate your time for coming on the show, Cody.
4: Yeah, man, it's uh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, of course. So uh, I guess to start, you know, so you're originally from Texas.
4: Uh, yeah, I was born in, in Plano, Texas, but uh, my family moved to, to Oklahoma City uh, okay. or a small town just right outside of Oklahoma City uh, whenever I was like a year old. So I've, oh, I've wow. lived in Oklahoma whole life, yeah.
1: Okay, um, nice. So, so you, you wh- when did you really like start, you know, learning how to play the guitar and the drums and, and really like start taking music serious? Was it at like a younger age or did it kind of happen a little bit later on in life?
4: Uh well I got my my first drum set uh for Christmas whenever I was 12 okay. and then the the next Christmas I think I got a guitar and a little a little amp and um you know I kind of just just kind of taught myself how to play and then eventually took a couple lessons here and there and you know never really it you know you know never was a really a serious thing mm-hmm. um you know we I never was like in a real band or anything until you know, until Blower and I met, um, when we were in college and, uh, you know, that's kind of when it, when it happened. Um, you know, I I was going to school for marketing and, and, you know, really didn't have any, uh, interest in being in a band, if I'm being honest. And then, yeah, once we, you know, my whole plan was, you know, we'd get together, we'd jam, if it worked out, you know, I'd, I'd go and find, you know, another, another drummer or something like that, I think was, was my idea but you know after we you know we had our first our first practice it just kind of I don't know man it just all kind of clicked and 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 made sense to me you know and and so uh I think from that moment on is is when we decided to to really get serious about it
1: and what year was that around was it around like 2000 2001 or
4: yeah it was 2001
1: 2001 okay that's what I thought so that's kind of crazy because starting in 2001 and then four years later you guys you know have a fucking smash hit i mean that that's (laughs) that's pretty usually it takes bands and artists a little bit longer than that to uh achieve that kind of status
4: yeah well i mean you know we tried to be really smart about it you Mm -hmm. know we we you know uh you know treated it like a business but you Mm -hmm. know like i said i was I was really into marketing and, uh, you know, we came up with some some really clever, clever ways to make things happen a little faster. And, uh, you know, my 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 who is my wife now, um, you know, she had a big hand in, in helping me out as well. We kind of started our own record label and, um, you know, just kind of pushed it along, you know, a little faster than than what most people, you know, especially around here, you know, Mm. Faster than what most bands could do. So, um, you know, we we got lucky and uh, the timing was just right Mm. and uh, everything worked out.
1: Yeah, it definitely did. And it's, you know, it's amazing what you guys have done and accomplished. And and you speak about, you know, a little bit of your marketing background. You know, during this time, you know, social media really wasn't a thing like obviously how it is now. So did some of your marketing strategies were like internet social media implemented or was it more of like traditional kind of marketing
4: yeah it was more traditional at that time you know what i mean you know there was a lot of a lot of advertising you know um what we think about ads now we think of of facebook we think of instagram but you know we did a lot of a lot of radio ads Mm -hmm. uh, you know a lot of a lot of newspaper ads um you know a lot of just like old school flyering, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there was, there was a lot of, a lot of different things, you know, kind of went into it, but yeah, it was, it was really, it was really old school and really different back then.
1: And, and if looking back, if you had to think about which like kind of strategic strategy that you guys had, which one do you think was the most effective at that time? And that worked for you guys?
4: Uh, man, it's, it's really difficult to say, you know, we, we really stayed. Around Oklahoma City, you know, a lot of bands always try to get out of their hometown. Exactly. And, uh, you know, go play shows in other cities. You know, it makes you feel cool, like you're really getting somewhere. You mm, know, definitely. Um, but you know, we never did that. You know, we stuck around Oklahoma City. Um, we built this market is, you know, I mean, as big as we could have. You know, it, it was, it was a, you know, we did a lot of things like we would go to sororities and and, um, you know, build our fan base with with females, and then um we would play the same bar for a little while um every two weeks and it would be always be sold out and there would be people you know a mile there'd be literally a a line a mile long you know people trying to get in and uh you know and it was it was like that every time we played and um you know it was like i said it was packed full of of cute girls and and, <laughs> and the guys really wanted to be there too for that reason. You know, I don't even I don't even know if they were there for us. But
1: it worked but, it, it uh, worked out yeah, either way.
4: <laughs> yeah, it worked out. And so when you know when when it came time to you know, well eventually um after that, you know, we kinda moved into bigger venues and stopped playing quite as much, but we put, you know, a lot of money uh we kind of like upped our, our marketing budget and our production budget. And you know, we were doing really big shows. Um, by the time, you know, we, we were showcasing for labels and stuff. So when, when labels came to Oklahoma City, you know, it was a, a packed house. You know, people were going crazy. Um, so it just it looked really great. You know what I mean? So, Definitely. Did, yeah. did you
1: did you think that it would happen this, this fast, like during this time period? Or were you like a little, uh, I don't want to say pessimistic, but, you know, you know, as a fellow artist, you know, you know, creator, you know, someone that, you know, does, you know, some sort of form of art, you know, you know, regardless of how talented you are, and you knowing, you know, deep down what you're capable and your potential is, you obviously have that kind of inner voice at times, like, damn, this is kind of like hard to, this is not like an easy, you know, dream to have, this is kind of, you know, the odds are kind of stacked against us, you know, and the fact that you guys are able to, you know, four years later you know have this you know hit that was released and you know did you think that it would happen as quickly or looking back or
4: no you know it's weird like because I'm uh, everybody you know around me usually calls me a pessimist I like to think (laughs) that I'm Um, I'm kind of the same but for for whatever reason during that time you know whenever I was younger maybe I just didn't know any better but um you know i was i was really really confident that we could make it happen mm. uh, now i definitely once once everything kind of you know we got our deal and we started putting you know the first single came out and um you know we were on the road things took off way faster than any of us anticipated you know yeah, it, i can it, only imagine it was it was crazy man our, our heads were spinning you know <laughs> yeah. it was it was wild. So, um, yeah, it was, I don't know. It was crazy. One, one day we were playing, you know, opening on a tour. I remember our, our very first tour we were out with, um, theory of a dead man.
1: Oh, wow. And
4: so we were first of three. It was us. And then a band called submersed, Okay. Uh, who, who was signed to wind up. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but, um, they're not, they were an awesome band. Um, they 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 blew us off the stage every single night. But so it was us submerged in Theory of a Dead Man okay. when we started. The tour. And by the end of the tour, um, you know, or halfway through the tour, I guess, you know, our single had really started to, to get some some steam. And so we started flip flopping uh, in the headlining spot with Theory of a Dead Man. And then by the end of that tour, we were closing every show um so and i mean we had to be if i'm being perfectly honest we really had no business <laughs> being in that slot you know we were we were young it was our very first tour we didn't really know you know what we were doing you know that was we were just trying to get our chops up at that time mm-hmm. and well that and partying way too hard but <laughs> that, always, that always gets in the way but um it's part of the you it's know, part it, of
1: the experience Yeah, I mean, you
4: know, I feel like we kind of had to do it that way, you know what I mean? Definitely. Uh, But it it was a lot of fun, and it was, man, there were crazy times, for sure.
1: I can only imagine, man. Uh, Out of all the, like, cities and countries and states that you've played at, like, is there, like, one specific place, one show, one venue that comes to mind that, like, really, like, just... impacted you in a different way? It was just like a different kind of vibe, a different kind of feeling. Like it was just, I know every show is special, but was there like, is there one show that comes to mind that like really like brings you back like some nostalgia and and, and like really good memories?
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, I remember when we, you know, we were doing our first like big arena and shed tour. Mm. Uh, We were, it was called the Bad Boys of Rock Tour and uh we were we were headlining again another another tour we had no business headlining <laughs> uh, but it was us and then uh papa roach was oh. direct support. then buck cherry was before them and then yeah cuz the buck,
1: buck cherry was starting to pop off at the same time that you guys were right it was around that same yeah, time yeah i think period. that you really yeah, sorry were, right little,
4: they, well they were a little bit before us they had uh, lit up was oh, yeah, was out right. there then yeah and then right after that, I think crazy bitch hit. Um, yeah. So, so, uh, riff theory was on the, was the first band on that bill for half of it. And then I think the X's were, uh, another amazing band, Mm -hmm. um, that they were on for the second half. But so anyway, on that, on that tour, um, you know, we did a hometown show at this, at the zoo amphitheater is what it's called. And, um, I think it was the it was the biggest crowd and still might be to this day the biggest crowd that's ever been at that venue. I remember pulling up to the to the venue and um you know the inside was completely sold out like no they weren't letting anybody else in but there was like it was like a whole other like big concert happening, you know, outside of the venue. It was there were so many people there. It was just I don't know, it was insane and and wow. to to play a show like that you know, in front of your, your friends and family, you know, in your hometown. I mean, that's, I mean, that's everybody's dream, right? Like that must so. be one
1: of the best feelings.
4: It really was, man. Yeah. It was, it was, it was definitely, it was an emotional day and it, it, I don't know. It was just, it was really special to us.
1: Yeah. That's awesome, man. I I'm, I think that's every, especially every musician's, uh, you know, not ultimate like goal and dream, but like it's definitely something that every every artist would love to check off you know off their you know bucket list or whatever you want to call it you know to be able to go back to you know where you were from and everything and, and be able to perform in front of people that you know that know have known you from your past your family your friends you know uh, that must be such an, a crazy like surreal experience.
4: Yeah, it really was. It definitely was.
1: Um, so. I, I, I always like to ask musicians this what was the best advice like either uh, uh, a musician that you looked you looked up to that reached out to you uh, or someone told you like about when you were st- first starting you know to start popping off and everything was starting to you know get to the next level like was there was there someone that kind of you don't necessarily have to say their name if you don't want to but was there was there some kind of advice that like uh, someone gave you about kind of about like the music industry and everything, or did you guys just like, was there no one like really kind of guiding you at all?
4: Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I I always remember this, this, this attorney that we had found, uh, found online from, from New York when we were first kind of getting started. And we were, um, I think we'd called him to, to ask him to help us pitch to labels and And, um, he was, he was, we were talking on the phone one day and he gave me a little bit of advice and he said, he said, no matter what, you know, always be the good kind musician, Mm -hmm. you know, like he's, I guess, I think we were talking about finding managers and and whether we thought, you know, if that was necessary or not, because, you know, I was kind of handling the day-to-day business Part, you know what i mean I, that was always kind of been my thing i've always really loved that well you, have, and, you,
2: you
1: also have the marketing you know experience and you know background like me as well so i can definitely relate to how you definitely uh wanted to kind of implement certain different things and come up with different kind of concepts on how you can definitely like better the band at the time and, and just make sure that you guys would maximize your, your fullest potential which you guys obviously yeah. did
4: Yeah, man. Absolutely. And so, you know, we were, you know, as we were talking about that, he was like, well, I said, I absolutely think that it's necessary for you to get, for you guys to have an outside manager Mm -hmm. because as a musician, like you should always, always, always just be the good, kind musician, you know, Mm -hmm. let, let somebody else get in the trenches and and do the dirty work. Um, You know, it's not, I can't say (laughs) that it's always worked out that way to be really honest. You know, there, there are times when, you know, I'm, I'm a little, probably a little too like overprotective of, of our band. And, um, you know, I've kind of had to get in into some things, you know, that I, I didn't want, want to do, you know, but, Mm. um, I I did think that that was, was really great advice. And I do try to keep that in mind, you know, all the time, you know, just always just kind of try to, to, I don't know, go go out and, and be nice to people and, and, uh, I don't know rep- represent your 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 bandmates and and your your brand um you know just with with respect and kindness i guess
1: yeah, i definitely agree with that man i totally respect that and I, I i always you know when i see musicians that have that kind of mindset i, I always you know appreciate them and respect them on a a whole different level you know because I've come across and I'm sure you've come across on a whole different level compared to me about you know you know artists are so egotistical some of them and and they're just so full of themselves and you know it's just you know it's good to see a musician musicians and, and people like you that you know, have accomplished, you know, great things in the music industry and accomplished their dreams and, and still be down to earth and humble and, and, and remember where they came from. Because a lot of I feel like a lot of, you know, people, they they, they get lost. They they, they kind of, you know, whether it's subconsciously or not, they, they, they forget where they came from, you know?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it happen way too many times. And, you know, to be honest, it's it's. It's, it's broken my heart a few times, you know, Uh, (laughs)
1: see
4: people change and and see what happens, but, uh, you know, you just, you do your best and, you know, just, i try to always just remember, you know, that, that, you know, what we do is, is while it's, it's amazing, it's, it's still a job, you know, like everybody else. Um, Mm -hmm. we're just, we've just been lucky enough to have, you know, a job that, that we love and that's so much fun or can be so much fun, I guess
1: it's definitely a great job to have (laughs) so what what uh what projects are you working on anything on anything right now or you kind of just taking it easy right now
4: yeah we're actually um you know when you called me earlier um uh, i was i was just printing a mix we're in the studio and and um you know we're always writing and recording i've got i've got a studio at my house so awesome that makes that makes it nice so uh you know marshall and i have been have been working um pretty much every day for, for quite a while on, on some new music. It's, it's been a long time. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting and, and, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're really liking some of the the direction of, of, of how some of this stuff's turning out.
1: Yeah. I really can't wait to hear it. Um, is there anything else that you would like to plug anything, um, any, any upcoming events or anything, or you just, uh, in the studio, just working and, uh, We'll, we'll just have to wait in uh, anticipation for uh, some updates.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's kind of the that's kind of the thing for now unfortunately you know? <laughs> yeah nothing We're wrong just, with that. Yeah, just kind of writing writing and recording and, and uh, you know trying to, to come up with a game plan for next year. I know we, we've got some shows booked so awesome. um, we will be playing some shows next year but I think you know the main focus is uh, is putting out some new music.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to hear it, man. Cody, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, you do just keep killing it, man. You, you, you're you so down to earth and humble. And I, again, I really appreciate your time. You, you're awesome, man. I appreciate it. And I wish you the best.
4: Thank you so much, dude. I appreciate that.
1: Thank you, Cody. I really appreciate it.
4: Yeah, man. Talk soon. Later. Thank you.
1: And that was Cody Hansen, drummer of the famous band, Hinder. You're listening to On Air with JT.
0: Listen to On Air with JT on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Go to onairwithjt.com. If you are a business owner, brand, company, or anyone selling a product and you want to advertise on this podcast, email the show directly at onairwithjt at gmail.com. We are offering extremely low rates for a limited time. Once again, email the show at onairwithjt at gmail.com. Listen to On Air with JT on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Go to onairwithjt.com. If you are a business owner, brand, company, or anyone selling a product and you want to advertise on this podcast, email the show directly at onairwithjt at gmail.com. We are offering extremely low rates for a limited time. Once again, email the show at onairwithjt at gmail.com. On Air with JT.